Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Across the UK, online and on DAB, the Independent Republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. A mid-morning dance with the devil from the farmer of fury. Dangerous mid-morning debate with the great dictator. The Independent Republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. Good morning and welcome to the Independent Republic of Mike Graham right here on Talk Radio. We've reached the end of another week in the dangerous world of Brexit politics and guess what? Even Donald Trump thinks Boris Johnson has got a great deal to leave the European Union with. Last night, the 45th President of the United States of America told Nigel Farage to get into bed with the Prime Minister after telling him that America was not going to make a land grab for the NHS despite yesterday's ludicrous claims by Jeremy Corbyn. Trump described the Labour leader as a bad guy who would take us into bad places and be bad for the country generally. This morning we will be coming to you live from the Brexit Party's campaign launch where we will find out precisely what Farage's policy will actually be and whether he still wants a pact with the Conservatives. Here's a question for you. Is Nigel Farage getting it all wrong? 0344 499 1000 because he's either with the Tories in terms of getting out of the European Union or he's against the Tories' plan for getting out of the European Union. I think either way uh, he is in a bit of a cleft stick and if you're a Brexit Party supporter we want to hear from you this morning. 0344 499 1000. Some of you have been critical of me for not backing Nigel Farage. Well, the trouble is, right, every single time Nigel Farage has an opportunity to actually get something properly done, he seems to walk away from it, and that's my criticism of him. He's been a fantastic leader of the Brexit Party. He was a fantastic leader of UKIP. He was the guy that put the referendum about the European Union on the map. He was the guy that actually got British politics to take a look at what was going on in the European Union and actually change it. So he's got a great legacy and he's got a fantastic reputation. However, I think he is getting it slightly wrong. I want to hear from you. 0344 499 1000. Coming up later on, we're joined by London mayoral candidate Sean Bailey. And because it's Friday, it's time for another sparkling edition of the Perrier Awards. An homage to my brilliance in broadcasting. I wasn't here last week for it, so I'm expecting to win loads more this week. 0344 499 1000. You're listening to me, Mike Graham, right here on Talk Radio. The Human Zoo, where they don't hide away the Sick animals. The Independent Republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. London calling through the faraway towns. Now war is declared and battle come down. London calling to the underworld. Come out of the cupboard, you boys and girls. Welcome back to the Independent Republic of Mike Graham. We are here today uh, with, of course, the mayoral candidate for London. Uh, he is Sean Bailey, Conservative candidate running against Sadiq Khan. Um, the race kicks off kind of in the new year, I suppose. It's May, isn't it, the the, uh, uh, the campaign sort of properly gets underway? No, the election's in May. Oh, the election's in May, sorry. May. Um, for me, I've got a little obstacle called the, the general election to get through. Yes. I spoke to Bozza a couple of times now, and I just said to him, look, I'm going to be your man in London. I'm going to 
push as hard as I can for the Conservative Party and, and what I would call right-thinking, ordinary people. But to be clear, Boris, my focus is London. I'm less interested in Brexit and much more interested in homelessness, housing crisis, crime, transport. Mm. And as a government, I feel like I can support you because you're making positive noises about where you're going to spend the money. So I'm going to support you, but I'm going to focus on London. OK, we'll come back to some of those problems in a moment. First, let's go to the phones because Tony has called in from North Somerset. Tony, very good uh, morning to you. Welcome. Good morning, Mike. Good morning, Sean. Morning. What do you want to say, Tony? I'll just say, um, Sean, I really hope you do get the... Obviously, I'm not from London, but I really hope you do get the job in London because I've seen it. I've been to London a few times. I've just seen how it's gone down since uh, Boris never... Uh, since Alec Khan took over. But if, you, if you're that unlucky and you don't get in, can you come to Bristol and become the mayor? Because we've <laughs> had an independent and a Labour mayor and Bristol is an absolute shambles. I'm glad you said shambles there. I thought you were going to say something else. Well, no, it's a shambles, mate. Right just now, here and now, my, my focus is London. Somebody said to me the other day, oh, are you upset that you can't get into Parliament because of the election? And I said, no, my focus is London. I've, I've born, London are born and bred, want to get it done because I think by being a mayor of a place, you have practical things you can do. I, can, I want to start housing for London to build houses in London. City Hall led, backed, yeah. develop it in London to build houses. That's all it will do. I mean, I there are things that and... I've... Not, I mean, I'm born and raised in London as well. I've lived here. I've lived in other cities of the world. I lived in New York for a while. I've lived in Bath. I've lived in Glasgow, um, you know, I've travelled around a lot. London now um, is much busier than it ever was. You know, it's a miracle to me every day that so many people move around the city and actually get, actually get to work yeah. on the underground networks and all of that. There's many, many more beggars on the streets, it seems to me. I was My sister's visiting from New York. We were in a bar uh, just over the road in Borough Market. I think there must have been five or six different beggars that came up looking for money. Um, there's more homeless people, it seems, on the streets. There's more knife crime. You know, it's it's got a lot needing done, isn't it? But what you're seeing with London is you're seeing a city that's that's have, having a massive um, growth spurt. And what I want to do is prepare London to have 10.5 million, 11 million people, because I believe that's where we'll end up in 10, 15 years' time. And what that means is I will start housing for London to build a City Hall-backed central housing developer to just prepare the land and get things going. I will take care of crime. We've got to get on top of crime now. Look, there's, there was a kid murdered very recently, yesterday. Just up in Muswell Hill, yeah, right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And I know he's got tiny column inches. Yeah. And why that's a real issue, because it shows you where we are now. Because it's not news anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It happens so regularly, and I do not want the high level of crime we have now to become the norm. That's why you'll always hear, hear me talking about, on one end, a hard response, record amount of police, more detectives, more technology, and on the other end, a soft response, giving kids something, some things to do through good, decent youth work, but employment. At the core of my belief is you've got to get families work. And London has been a factory for years, but I think some communities are not connected to mm. success, and I want to give everybody a stake. Yeah, everybody you've got to get them society. away from the gangs, haven't you? Let's go back to the phones. Peter uh, is in Folkestone. Hello, Peter. Hello, uh, Mike. Hello, Sean. Hello. I used to live in London for about 20 years, and I've seen your career progress over X, Y, Z years. It's a real pleasure to speak to you. Thank you. What would you like to um, say, Peter? Right, the, very briefly, uh, in 2010, the, the Labour MP, Emma Whatsaface, said some extremely rude and basically racist things uh, about you, Sean, and then apologised, so-called, for any upset. As London is a huge city with a vast makeup of populations of all different uh, racial and ethnic groups, what sets you apart that, that uh, allows you to 
especially in these days of Brexit, leave and remain, that allows you to bring people together. And what do you think would be the direction that you would go in as an issue to bring people together and move forward? Um, I think there's three things I'd say to that. The first thing is what sets me apart is that I have learnt from lots of different communities. Nobody's perfect. All of our communities have something to offer. I'm open-minded and always want to learn from them. So even running for London, I've been to mosques, gurdwaras, churches, temples and everything in between. And what I find is people are proud of their communities and have something to offer London. So I think I think that mindset and that learning from just being in London all this time helps me. I think secondly, what I will do is try to bring people together. I think if you're going to come together, you have to accept that people might not share your views, but you need to rub along. And that's why I was quite disappointed when Sadiq Khan wrote in the newspaper, you know, Jeremy Corbyn should be brave and tell people who voted for Brexit that they're just plain wrong. I think what's it, why that's so disappointing, Brexit has split families up. Mm. I know two sisters who, who, who won't speak now because right. of the rows they've had over Brexit. I want to heal those wounds. So no matter who you are, I want to be your mayor. Gay, straight, black, white, young, old, reign, remain or leave, I want to be your mayor. I think that's easier for me because I'm focused on domestic issues. How do we feed our children? How's the place safe? And I think, I think thirdly... London's strength has often been its diversity. Anything from the fact that our national ditch is curry to the fact that yesterday I was talking to a Sri Lankan businessman and an Indian businessman mm. and a Russian. Yeah. And they were all doing business together. And what I want to do is bang the drum for London. And the reason you hear me talk about business and wealth creators is because my social mission is to give people stability and a big part of stability is employment. And I have a, 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 a inner need to make sure we look after the most vulnerable because... When you have such a big city that sucks people in, you get vulnerable people too, and it means you need to support people in the third sector. I came from, from charity work, and I want to make sure we build the correct charities to make sure we that London is strong because we don't have too many people sleeping rough or too many people... Yeah, poor. I mean, I think one of the biggest problems recently in London is is not just the housing shortage for people who are at the bottom end of the market, but the ridiculously expensive housing um, at the top end. I mean, there's one Blackfriars, that new building just down the road, uh, which is a sort of beautiful-looking uh, building uh, built, built across from St Paul's Cathedral. The penthouse flat in there is going for 32 million quid. And you just think, that's just bonkers, it's mad. It I mean, is bonkers, that is not serving the ordinary people of London. But but what you've got to do, if someone comes to London and wants to build a 32 million quid flat when I'm here, I'm probably going to have a problem, except if I can scrape some money out of them to build social housing, yeah. if I can get some money to give decent rental accommodation. Because the problem with London now, at the top end, they're building stuff, and that, that's none of my business. They'll keep doing mm. that, and you know we will try to get the tax out of that. But the problem is you're building at the top end, they're charging so much tax that, that you can't build at the bottom end. We need to get a bit better of a balance to deliver for people who are not eligible for social housing but have massive social need. Young professionals, single men, single women in London yeah. are often not eligible for social housing but have big social need in housing and I want to cover them as well and people in social housing. OK, we're listening to uh, Sean Bailey here who is, of course, the mayoral candidate uh, for the London mayor's job, currently occupied by Sadiq Khan, a man who doesn't like talking to me uh, for some reason, I can't imagine why. Uh, let's talk to Susan, who's in Exeter. Hi, Susan. Oh, good afternoon, Michael. Good afternoon, yes. Sean. afternoon. Um, I've never... Uh, actually, I haven't lived in London for 20-odd years, but listening to you, Sean, I think you're a breath of fresh air. I think you're absolutely wonderful. Can I ask you a question? Please do. Have you lived at ground level like me? Did you live on a housing estate? Have you ever experienced renting a property? Have you ever sort of seen that side of life as opposed to sort of middle class and, you know, upwards? 
Oh boy, where should I start? So I've been <laughs> I was, I was unemployed for two years. I was homeless for about six. Luckily, I never had to sleep rough. I had family and friends who who, who kept me from the street, but I got close very um, a good few times. Um, I temp worked for five or six years. I was a security guard for ten years. Um, I worked my way through university. I've lived on. I was born in council housing. I've lived in council housing, um, social housing. I've 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 done it all. I, I part owns, part rent that that scheme that seemed I had all the risk and they had all the uplift. Um, I mean, I, I've done it all. I, but I think f- the only reason that's important because it does give me sometimes an understanding of people who who've had a tough route through life, and it, and, it, and I try to match that to any policy that I'm looking at. But yeah, I, I've had it all. I've, I've had I've had a London life. And yes. I, I, my mum's a single parent. It's just me, my brother, and my mum for most of our life. And I watched my mum struggle through that. So always try to get up and work. Um, I had a paper round, if that yeah. helps. Okay. <laughs> I've done it all. Just one final question, Sean, because we're, we're out of time. We'll have to get you back in again. But um, on the knife crime front, are you sort of pro stop and search? What would you do uh, if you were mayor initially to try and, you know, at least limit the advancement of the knife crime problem? We've got to stop the pressure on the street. And that does mean stop and search. Look, stop and search is not the only thing the police can do, but it's a vital thing they would do. And what I would do is two things. Ask them to be trained slightly differently so they can do it better. I'd give them the technology so they can scan large numbers of people. Because if we do not send a message that if you're armed, we will catch and arrest you, we're all in trouble. So yes, we'll do some stop and search. But on the other side as well, we need to supervise the police to make sure that they're doing it properly. And we also need to say to communities, we will support your young people to be in positive places. That means breaking up gangs and doing decent career stuff and doing decent stuff in colleges. There's two ends of this response. One is hard, boots on the ground, the other is soft, developing communities. Great stuff, Sean. Thank you very much indeed. Sean Bailey, Conservative candidate for Mayor of London. Uh, It's been a pleasure talking to you. We'll talk to you again soon. This is Talk Radio. We are your election station. Across the UK, online and on DAB. The Independent Republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. In Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand is the number. It's Friday. It is, of course, uh, coming up to one o'clock. Matthew Wright takes over from me after that with Kevin O'Sullivan. Uh, Tanya says this. I know you're usually right, Mike, but sadly today you're wrong. If Boris chooses not to form an alliance, then the Brexit party will take lots and lots of seats. Best call of the day, Sharon from Oxford. Sharon from Oxford was fantastic. I did enjoy her call, uh, but I don't agree with her. And I'll tell you for why, Tanya. I just don't think that the Brexit party, as uh, influential as they have been uh, and as popular as they are in certain parts of the country, they will not get a massive amount of seats because the two-party system in this country is still by far and away the dominant section uh, of the way that these things work. Look at what happens to UKIP. They got four million votes. They got no seats. Look what happens to the Lib Dems. They get loads and loads of votes. They don't get anything like the number of seats that they should get uh, proportionally because they come second an awful lot. And the Brexit Party will come second in an awful lot of seats. So they will not get a lot of seats. And they are the tail that is attempting to wag the dock. And so I would say to you, Tanya, stick with it. Uh, follow me along the, uh, the journey to the election on uh, December the 12th because we are your election station here at Talk Radio. Um, and listen to the end of the story and see where it goes. Let's talk to Elaine, uh, who's in Workington. Hello, Elaine. Oh, hiya, Mike. Now, you, are, you are, if I'm not mistaken, not only just a first-time caller, but you are Workington woman. I am Workington woman, Fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. Welcome. I am. Um, and I've been listening to you um, for, for a little while now. I really, really enjoy Good. your show. Well, welcome. Um, it's refreshing, lovely. 
Good. Well, what do you want to tell me today? Well, I've always traditionally voted Labour, and I mean, last election I actually canvassed for them. Okay. Uh, which wasn't easy. <laughs> um, with, but but they've just gone so far left now. It's yeah. it's, it's it's out of my. You know, I, I just couldn't contemplate it's not voting for, you. for them. And what were people but, saying to you when you were canvassing for them last time around? And do you mean 2017? Yeah. 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 What, what, what were people saying then? A lot of it then? was in Cockermouth, which is kind of quite a nice area. Yes. Um, and I, I noticed a lot of the young people were very much very for Corbyn. Right. Um, but not their parents. Okay. <laughs> right. And uh, yeah, there's a. I, I, he's just gone too far, and I don't even think he's true to himself anymore because he's a Eurosceptic. We all know that. Yes, of course. Um, so I just think he's been uh, led by by others in the party. And do you know what? I don't, I don't. I don't think in his heart he actually wants to be prime minister. I think he'd rather be standing on the sidelines, kind of chucking rocks. I think at you're him, right. You know? Yeah, I think you're right. It's, mm. it's like you say. He's like a student demonstrating. Um, and maybe I'm a bit immature, but I've seen the lights and I've just thought, no, it's all right being idealistic, but we're in the real world. Yes. Um, and so where are you, where are you leaning I, I, now, then? Well, I must say, I, I would struggle to vote Conservative. Right. Uh, I particularly don't like the Conservative guy that stands here. Mm. Um, but I don't even know who the Brexit guy or woman is. Yes. But I, I do know what we are trying to do on Twitter, if you're is just to vote tactically, really. Yeah. Um, I just want to leave. Yes. I just want to leave. And I, I feel really let down by my MP here. She's a really quite a good woman. I don't mind her. But I can't vote for her now mm. because she went against the wishes of this area. And the problem for people in your position as well, Elaine, is that if you are a traditional Labour voter and you want to leave the European Union, they're not offering you that opportunity, you know? They're offering they're you basically... I, I think it's, it's a scam. It's it's to, I don't think they'll ever go down the leave route. I mm. mean, if we don't do it now, we're not going to do it. Right. That is the problem, so, and we've taken so long to get here, and I realise that not everybody's happy with the way that the deal is, is, is put out there, but it is leaving, and regardless it, of what anybody is, says, yeah. it's leaving. And, and even, even as I was listening to Nigel Farage this morning, he's talking about, you know, renegotiating a second treaty and a different deal and a Canada yeah. stuff. You know, that's going to take then, two then or then three more years. Good deal, are they? Well, no, because it's going to be two or three more years of negotiation mm. and heartache and nonsense and delay. Yeah. I don't think we want that anymore. You're talking me around already. I am a little <laughs> bit on the fence. Yes, well, But I will listen. be voting, like, whoever I feel can get us out. Yes. Um, and if it has to be a Conservative, well, so be it. But I think, you know, I, I think they should collude a little bit and, and do it tactically. I think the lady from Oxford talked a lot of sense. Sharon, yeah. Um, so I just think that, uh, you know, we, we've got to be thinking about who we vote for. And it, it is a shame that it is, a, it, it is an election on Brexit. But I know who I blame that for. I blame that for, on the Remain lobby and the Labour Party and all the rest of them. And I think we would have got a better deal if it wasn't for them interfering. I think if Boris had been in charge from the beginning, it would have been a lot better. And I think if Labour had sat down and if the Lib Dems had sat down and they hadn't interfered, as you say, we would have been in a much better place. But, you know, in the end, sometimes, Elaine, you have to say, we are where we are. Let's make the best of it. We do. And uh, either way, I shall carry on listening to you. Well, I'm very pleased. Thank you very much indeed. And, and thank you so much for calling. Elaine from Workington, Workington Woman, uh, who, of course, is the other side of Workington Man, who have been said to be the most important people in this upcoming election because they're white, they are older men, uh, they tend to be uh, blue-collar workers, they tend to be working class, they tend to be anti-immigration, uh, they tend to be uh, for Brexit. 
and that is the people that are going to win this for Boris Johnson, I think. Let's go back down to uh, uh, the uh, Brexit Party HQ, where uh, producer, uh, political reporter, rather, um, Ollie is. Ollie, uh, welcome back to the show. Um, you've been talking to Nigel Farage, I understand. Yeah, well, first of all, we heard him uh, as part of that campaign launch uh, announcing what the Brexit Party's plans were for this upcoming election. Still talk of that Leave alliance. He wants uh, the Conservatives and the Brexit Party to team up in certain seats and really get out that uh, Leave vote. He said that uh, in the last uh, elections, uh, when he was with UKIP, of course, that their vote, in fact, damaged Labour rather than Conservatives and ended up with a Conservative government. So he's hopeful that an alliance uh, might come to fruition. He's given uh, the Conservative Party until the 14th of November to come up with that alliance. If they don't, he says they will field a candidate in every single seat across Great Britain. He says he's got 500 people turning up to Westminster uh, next week to sign their forms uh, to try to become Brexit Party MPs in that upcoming general election. After that little uh, campaign speech, uh, my colleague Rebecca Nunes caught up with the man himself. First of all, would you do a coalition government with the Conservative Party? Well, we're not anywhere near that point yet, you know, um, and, and I want to emphasise, I'm not doing this because I want to be in government or cabinet. I want to get Brexit delivered, a proper Brexit that says we're free of the institutions of the European Union. So let's see what happens. We, we've really got two weeks here before nominations close to come to an accommodation where leavers, genuine leavers, in the Conservative Party, in the Labour Party and the Brexit Party could come together, form an alliance that would sweep the country, and that's what I'm pushing for. OK, and what if... So you've already stated what your conditions will be. What if the Conservative Party conditions are you have to back my deal? Would you do that? No. No way? It's not Brexit. So would you rather handle the government to our Remain party and maybe stay in the EU than back the withdrawal agreement? This is probably our best chance and maybe our last chance of actually getting a genuine Brexit delivered. That is more important uh, than anything else at this election and I'm offering a way forward that if Boris Johnson takes he'll win and win with a big majority. So let's talk on the positives. If he chooses not to do it, well then of course we'll stand in every seat across the country. That's where we are. OK, but there is a possibility that our Roman government comes into power and we have a second referendum and all that, oh, and we stay Oh, I think, if, I think if Boris Johnson's uh, treaty goes through, there'll be a second referendum anyway, because we'll be stuck for years inside something uh, with no vote, no voice, no veto. Uh, it'll be taxation uh, without representation. There'll be demands for a second referendum, and Remain will win. I, far, from, far from getting Brexit done, I think Boris's deal sinks Brexit. Another question. We saw your interview yesterday with Donald Trump. Uh, Barack Obama was accused of interfering in British politics when he said that mm. the UK would be better remaining in the mm. EU. Don't you think Boris, um, Donald Trump saying that you and Boris Johnson should be doing a deal is doing a bit of the same? Well, Barack Obama changed the game. Uh, and now foreign leaders comment all the time on elections uh, and political parties. Indeed, Angela Merkel, uh, Monsieur Macron, uh, these people comment every week on the British Conservative Party and Labour Party and Liberal Democrats. Things have changed. Obama broke precedent. Many of us were upset with it at the, at the time. We're now living in a changed game. Um, so it was 31st of October, do or die. If that would have happened, how would have your day been today? Well, I'd be at lunch. <laughs> he would be at lunch indeed, uh, which he may be at now, in fact. Nigel Farage talking there uh, to our political reporter down there, Rebecca. Uh, of course. 
Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. The Independent Republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. So, uh, the Brexit party have put their cards very firmly on the table and their cards are, do not make particularly pleasant reading for Boris Johnson, but they do make quite good reading for Jeremy Corbyn, even though he was quoting from the interview he did with Donald Trump last night, saying that basically Donald Trump doesn't like Boris's deal. Uh, Donald Trump says that we can't trade with Britain under the terms of that deal, which is rubbish. Uh, he also says that, of course... Uh, Donald Trump did say uh, that he's certainly not going to try and take over the NHS uh, if Boris gets in and if Britain leaves the European Union. So some quite interesting stuff, but basically uh, Nigel Farage having the opportunity to be a kingmaker or to do something positive for Brexit has gone the other way, and I think that's wrong. Let's talk to Sharon, who's in Oxford. Hi, Sharon. Hello, hi. Hey, hi. hi. How are you doing? What do you can want you to tell me? me? Yes, I can. Yeah, I just I said to your researcher, I think that you're hallucinating. If you think? You think Yes, yeah, definitely. Um, in a nice way. Um, if you think that the Tories are going to win, are going to be able to win um, um, Labour leave areas, you know, in the 1980s, we know that the Tories basically destroyed the mining industries and other industries in those areas. In the 80s, people who, are my, who, would, be, who would be my father's age lost their job. They fought side to side with Arthur Scargill to protect their job and protect their community from the Tories. And I'm sorry, but. Those people will, will not have forgotten that and will have not forgiven the Tories for that, and they cannot go to vote for Boris Johnson. The only problem with, with your uh, defenestration of me for that is that I didn't actually say that. I did not say the Tories would win those seats. All I said was I thought Nigel Farage has made a mistake by throwing the gauntlet down to Boris Johnson because he's basically going to hand power to Jeremy Corbyn. Not in those seats, but in other seats where the Brexit party will split the Leave vote. Well, the thing is, if the Tories make... It's going to be very difficult for the Brexit Party to, to totally destroy the majorities that Labour has in those areas. Hopefully, um, the people in the North and the Wales and other areas like that understand that they are the foot soldiers getting us out of the EU and they must not vote for Labour. However, um, you know, they, they do have very big majorities there. And if the Brexit Party does make an inroad, every vote counts. And 500 people vote Tory in those areas. That could be the difference between the Brexit Party taking that seat or Labour taking it back again. But well, that's and the so problem. The thing is, that, well, the Tories need not to stand their candidates in Redcar in Middlesbrough, in, in Doncaster. What's the point of standing in Barnsley? They're not going to win anywhere. The Tories are not going to win in an area like that ever, OK? So the well, thing let me, is, let me put this to you. Let me put this to you. What was the point... All right, hang on. What was the point of the Brexit party standing in Brecon and Radnorshire in the by-election? Because they took 10% of the vote, which would have otherwise gone to the Tories, and it meant the Lib Dems got in. Well, I agree, but if it's a seat, a safe Tory seat, if you're in Jacob Rees-Mogg's seat, OK, somewhere like that, there's no point the Brexit party standing there. But equally, it is absolutely diabolical for the Tories to believe that they are going to take Sunderland they're, going to, they're take, not going to. Um, 
Yeah, but a case which means that they should not stand their candidate there and allow all Brexit votes in those areas to go straight to the Brexit party. I mean, I'm a, I've always voted Labour, OK? I've never voted Labour again. You see, the Labour Party has destroyed themselves with Labour voters who voted to leave. There is no chance you can put a gun to my head with a, loaded with, with, with 55 bullets. I am never voting for the Labour Party ever again okay, after right. the way they betrayed. And the thing is that we're going to need alternative parties to the Labour Party um, in the future because, you know, even, as leave, even if we leave the EU and on the 31st of January, Labour is not going to help keep us out. They're going to try and get us to go back into the EU. The, the people in there have shown that they do not want to leave the European Union and, and that's it. And so we can't trust them to keep us out of the European Union, let alone leave. So there's going to need to be alternative parties and things like the Brexit Party or new alternative parties that people who are of a left, left-leaning left can support needs to be out there. Um, but Claire do you Scott care more, Sharon? Now, she's you... a fantastic socialist in the Brexit Party. And listen to her, she's a full-blown socialist in the Brexit Party and she's a wonderful woman. The Brexit Party have got some fantastic MEPs. I'm very much a fan of the Brexit Party. But mm. I just think Nigel's got this one slightly wrong because I think in the end, you're much better off leaving the European Union with Boris's deal than hanging about for another two years, talking about getting a Canada-plus-style free trade agreement, which may or may not be possible, which may or may not be possible to get through Parliament, depending on how this election turns out. So well, that's this why is we why need I... to get as many Brexit... That's why we need to get as many yes. Brexit Party but, but don't, but hang on, but don't you... But don't I think it moves the, the argument that, in that direction. No, sure, but don't um, you think, Sharon, that therefore Nigel Farage should be much less combative and much less adversarial towards the, the, the Tories? You know, he's he's the tail wagging the dog here. He's a big tail. The, he's a big tail, when, but he needs he needs the, to, to get on board with the Tories, not to try and set out on his little rowing belt on his own. But also the Tories need to do the same. And standing somebody in Workington, um, standing someone someone in, as I said, Redcar, and, 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 and minimising votes for the Brexit party that way is equally nonsensical. They have to accept the reality that they, that they do not have... People aren't going to go from the Tories, go to, go to the Tories and Labour. And in fact, you know, people did vote um, for Theresa May. Um, some um, Labour supporters voted for Theresa May and she lied. And the thing is that... If, if, the, if the Tories stand against the Brexit Party in areas like South Wales, Merthyr, Tidville or wherever, they're allowing Labour to win and therefore they're showing that actually maybe the Tories are the party of Remain. Um, and that's what they're going to give the impression of. If they really are wanting to Brexit, we're in war against these Remainers. We are at war to get out of the EU. And that means that we need to make sure that we maximise every single Brexit vote possible. And the Tories need to wake up smell the reality, they are never going to get Doncaster or any area like that. You're never going to get it. So let, the, let the Brexit party take that and form a pact with them in Parliament so we can actually get out of the European Union properly. OK, great call. Cool. Sharon, thank you very much indeed. Sharon in Oxford uh, thought I was hallucinating, then realised I actually wasn't. That's what I like to hear. Andy's in Littlehampton. Hello, Andy. Hello, Mike. Um, listen, Mike, I was going to call yesterday, and what I would have said to you yesterday about this subject was... Yeah. Nigel Farage has a great opportunity here. He needed to be pragmatic to get uh, maybe 30 or 40 MPs into targeted seats, to into Westminster, to apply the back pressure to the Tories, to possibly challenge the deal that a lot of people don't like, yeah. uh, to successfully succeed there. What does he do today? No pragmatism, no contrition, no humanity. He, he literally dinks it at the last hurdle by just literally, from what I could see, coming across with outright blackmail. Yeah. 
Um, and also or, kind of playing to his government. kind of playing to his audience as well, Andy, because you're absolutely right. I mean, what I think should be happening here is that it should be all hands to the pump. Let's get the election done. Let's make sure that Corbyn doesn't get in, if that's what you wish to do, mm. and make sure yep. that you then do the deal after the after the fact. You well, know, then you know, then, then you have, have a conversation got... about whether it should be a harder Brexit. You know. But, well, quite right, Mike. Look, no one is going to get anything. If the Parliament reforms as a hung Parliament, if it reforms as a Corbyn government, or if it reforms as a rainbow coalition of the left-wing parties, no-one is going to get anything. Nothing is going to happen from that point. The most important thing to do is to re-elect Boris Johnson to get into government. Regard I can hear Brexit Party people shouting at me now, but if you don't have him in, you don't have a firm base to negotiate or to knock Boris down. Knock Boris down from within the safeness of Parliament with 50 Brexit MPs or, or so on and so forth. Knock him down inside there without the Rainbow Coalition or Corbyn. But don't allow Parliament to be overtaken. You've got one chance don't screw it up and don't allow Nigel Farage, he started Brexit, he will be the one to finish it and he won't be finishing it because we've done it, he'll be finishing it because it will be gone forever. Yes, Andy, what a great call. Well played. Thank you very much indeed. Very sensible. As ever, the callers on this show, the most sensible people uh, in the Western world. Let's talk to Wayne, uh, who's called up. He's Wayne Fitzgerald, actually, from uh, Peterborough Council. Wayne, a very good morning, or a very good afternoon to you, I should say. Uh, afternoon, Mike. Pleasure to speak to you. Welcome to the show. What can you tell us? Well, look, Peterborough made the headlines earlier in the year, and it's, I feel like it's deja vu all over again. Right. I mean, I watched Nigel Farage this morning, and I, I just thought, oh, my God. Is this man really trying to sabotage his own Brexit vision? He is. So the Brexit Party candidate in Peterborough is spouting off all the time about how the Conservatives split his vote. And I'm going, you didn't have a vote to split. Now, you were polling 24% at the time, and we were hampered by Theresa May. That's why the Brexit Party did well in Peterborough with 1,500 foot soldiers on the ground in a Brexit party uh, en masse. And Paul Bristow, our candidate here in Peterborough, uh, woefully, uh, not to his fault, uh, came third, of course. But 9,000, Mike, let's be generous. Let's say 6,000 of those were Tory voters voted for the Brexit Party. Now, if those 6,000 come back, they're polling it in some polls at 7% of the Brexit Party now, the Conservatives would have walked that seat in Peterborough, and we will do again. We will be fighting that seat. You know, campaigning for us is all year round, and the Brexit Party are thinking that we should step aside in what was a good friend of the programme of yours, Mr Stuart Jackson, yes. held a healthy majority there for a number of years. It's a Conservative seat. It is not a Brexit Party seat. And they don't get it. And that's the problem for me, because the Brexit Party, at best, and I mean, you know, I could be proved totally wrong about this, but I don't see them winning more than about six seats outright. And so they're not really in a position to start influencing everybody else. You know, they have to go along with whatever the compromise is, but they are the junior partner, not the senior partner. I entirely agree with your analysis. Look, just go back to 2014, when Nigel Farage, head of UKIP, was riding high in the polls and did really, really well. And they did really well in the Euros. Granted, you know, without Nigel Farage, we wouldn't be where we are as a nation with the referendum. Full credit to him. But look, if he got half a dozen seats, you and I would be going, well done, good on you. Absolutely. You're making no difference at all. And in actual fact, what he said today 
jeopardizes entirely the whole Brexit issue. Now, he can, he can say what he likes about Boris's deal is not Brexit. But look, the majority of the people in this country, and I'll be, I'll, you know, not everybody, I can't speak for everybody, will accept that we will have left the European Union under that deal if mm. the Prime Minister, who I'm a big fan of, gets it through. The majority won't care about Nigel's view of the Brexit world. Let's move on into the future, negotiate, stay friends with Europe, and trade with the rest of the world. That's where we need to be. Yes. Just get it done. Absolutely right. Wayne, great call. Thank you very much indeed. Wayne Fitzgerald, uh, who's chairman of the Peterborough Conservatives, uh, saying basically the Brexit Party and Nigel Farage are going down the wrong road here. That's what I'm saying. And that is exactly uh, what is happening. Trust me, 0344 499 1000. We're here till one o'clock. This is, of course, Talk Radio. We are your election station. The Perry Awards are coming next. Dangerous mid-morning debate with the great dictator. The Independent Republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. It's Friday the 1st of November. It's 12.23 and it's time for this. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Perry Awards. Some new music for November. No, same music as ever. Sounds yeah. different. Should we crash on? Different version. No, it's the same. Yeah, I really missed it last week because, you know, last week I was doing breakfast for Julia Hartley Brewer and so I missed my own Perry Awards. Did I win any last week? Uh, I can't remember. Can't remember? No, I instantly forget about these as soon as I leave the Christo studio. Christo didn't even tell me if I won any. Uh, no, he didn't. I don't think he enjoyed them. Never mind. No. Uh, <laughs> uh, let's begin, yes? Let's uh, do welcome it. to the Perry Thank Awards. You. This is where we go back over the past week of the so-called Independent Republic so cool. of Mike Graham and choose our favourite moments. Mm. Uh, I'm Cornelius, the producer of this show. It's an honour to be here at the Perriers, uh, my you. second highest profile hosting gig of the week, really? shortly after my job and seeing the Beckenham fireworks displayed tomorrow. Was that when you were in the pub yet the other day? No, I don't understand what you mean. No, right. You were spotted in the pub. Yeah, well, I go to the pub occasionally. Occasionally? Occasionally. About three times this week. Well, uh, it, well, I do work in the pub. Uh, so if you work you, in a pub? <laughs> no, occasionally. <laughs> uh, well, I have to. You have to supplement your income somehow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, if you have always wanted to see me live, uh, do head down to Croydon Rep Park tomorrow in Beckenham to hear me doing Lost Children announcements and encouraging the people of Beckenham to count down it's from 10 to 1. It's going to be raining, isn't it? Uh, yeah, uh, I can't wait. Yeah, great. Bring I won't be there. Oh, what a shame. Uh, anyway, enough of that. Let's get a move on. Uh, normally, it's tradition for us to start mm. with an award for you, Mike. But yes. I thought uh, it was probably better to start where we left off with Christo last week. What? Uh, right at the end, he won the most obvious Perrier moment of the week. Uh, Burglaring. I'd like someone to burger my house, to burgering my <laughs> yeah. house. That sounds quite lively, actually. Burger at your house. I want to be burgered. <laughs> Oi. Uh, there's no answers to that, really. No, <laughs> should we carry on? No, I think we should move on swiftly. <laughs> Let's finally get to you, Mike. Yes. Uh, Halloween, it was yesterday, wasn't it? It was. Yeah, well, you yeah, and we, the weird. The day we left the. Uh... What did I win at a weird? Yeah, you, well, I was you interrupting me. Uh, you win the award for forgetting when Halloween is. Okay. Come on, we haven't had Halloween yet, have we? Halloween is this week, by the way, 31st of November. When uh, sorry, October. Yeah. Well, it's easy to get confused, all these dates, Clearly. all these deadlines, you know? Clearly, it's very easy to get confused. Did we, did we leave the European Union yesterday? No, we didn't. Okay. But it's clearly very easy to get confused about when Halloween is, because mm. you win a second award for the same thing. <laughs> I'm not going to say I forgot it was Halloween, right? But unfortunately for me, I've got to go to a very far-flung part of London. Well, not very far-flung, but a long way from where I live. 
tonight for dinner, right? And I had no idea I was arranging it on Halloween. Anyway, never mind. 0344 no. I'm sure you don't care. Correct. Yeah, nobody cares. Uh, well, it you was thought very you nice, had a, actually. You thought you had an extra month, didn't very you? Very nice, uh, very nice meal I had as well. Oh yeah. Thank you for asking. Oh, again, another one where we don't care. Yeah. Over to our guest, the Laughing Gardener. Now oh, yeah. he wins the obvious answer of the week. One final question: Why are you called the Laughing Gardener? Because I laugh a lot, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I just sort of gave you one to hit out of the park. Yeah. Well, that led to you, Mike, asking the awkward question of the week. Gardening and horticulture should be fun, and you should have fun when you garden. Uh, so what we do on, on other radio stations is we have some fun, and we laugh, and we learn things. So, uh, you know, that's well, are you why telling me you didn't have fun doing this? Are you saying you didn't have fun Mike, with me? Mike, this has been fabulous, my friend. <laughs> Excellent stuff. I feel we'll like he added that on. laugh. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah. so, yeah. Um, talking of answers, Mike, you always say you're the man with all the answers, yes. so it's no surprise that you've won the Perrier for the certain answer of the week. Who's got their own parliament? Scotland. Yeah. Has England got their own parliament? No. 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 <laughs> you weren't sure there. Well, I wasn't sure if he was asking me. I thought it was sort of rhetorical. He wanted me to jump in. It's like, it's like when somebody's telling you a joke. No, Who's no. got their own parliament? I don't know. Uh, you also... You Get also might win the ferrier for innuendo of the week. Mm. I mean, I love a garden. I've got a, quite a big garden. It's quite a wild garden anyway. I mean, it's got grass, but a lot of the trees and the bushes and everything, we just kind of let them go because that's kind of... I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not particularly good at doing the garden and keeping it tidy myself. So is it good to have a wild garden? And, and will it upset the neighbours, I suppose? That's <laughs> how we roll in Sussex. <laughs> Uh, well, let's move on quickly. I can't speak for everyone, obviously. <laughs> Caller Wren in Berkshire now. Uh, Where? He... Berkshire? Berkshire. Berkshire. Sorry. Yeah, sorry, that Berkshire. was insulted. Sorry, for God's I... sake. I don't live there. Um, joins the long list of people. Berkshire. We who... should live there. <laughs> <laughs> Wren. In Reading, yes. uh, the, uh, joins a long list of people who've won a Peria for being the wrong name of the week. Yes. If you are going to make your name up uh, when ringing the station, we don't really have a problem with that, but just try and remember who that person is. <laughs> Let's talk about narcissism with Wren, uh, who's in Berkshire. Hello, Wren. Hello, Wren. How are you doing, Mike? Uh, I'm good, Wren. Uh, <laughs> How are you? Yeah, yeah, I'm all right. Good. Yeah, I've just, I've literally just woken up. <laughs> Clearly. I guess definition of narcissism, right? <laughs> yeah. Call everybody by your own name. Um, another one for you, Mike. Mm. It's the Say What Award for this moment when throwing her head to an interview with Alistair Campbell. Yeah, yes. Coming up in the next hour, we'll take loads more of your calls, 0344 499 1000. Alistair Campbell's going to join me as well from, I think, from still the People's Vote campaign, although I'm not quite sure who's running that. Nobody's sure if they're in the pub, uh, out of the pub, down the pub, uh, in the river. In the river? <laughs> he took exceptions to that. He's already been in the river. I think <laughs> we could be in a boat in the river. That's on the river, though. Is it? A boat is no. on the river, I'd say. Is it? Well, yeah. you're not in the river on a boat? No, I'd say you're on the river on a mm, boat. What about submarine? Don't know. Let's get a guest on next week to right. sort this out. OK. Uh, that's enough of you, I think. Yeah. Uh, let's head over to Julia Hartley Breakfast. Uh, she won the award for Illness of the Week. The lessons weren't learned from that either. Um, in terms of the role of the... Apologies for sneezing on air. Apologies, Jack. <laughs> There's nothing worse. Nothing I had a bit worse. of a, a tickle, uh, a tickled throat earlier. Um, <laughs> Thank God, that's what you said. Yeah. No, but you know when you know you're going to cough, but yeah, you, you it's, just, the worst. It's, it's terrible. It's awful. You've got a little button there for when you do cough. Yeah. Um, 
Use that. Uh, the Thank next you. award, sponsored by Beckenham Fireworks Spectacular, is the fireworks you anodyne. Keep mentioning that. <laughs> yes, uh, available. Tickets are available. How much are the tickets? I don't know. I get them for free. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is much. the fireworks anecdote of the week, and it goes to Julia Hartley Brewer. Okay. I went to a party with one of my best friends. Uh, someone let off a rocket, and it just it, it didn't stay upright, and it basically and it, it literally, quite literally, flew straight into her mouth. Oh, oh. She, she literally had a rocket that hit her in the mouth. Amazingly, amazingly, after a trip to any, no scarring, no nothing. But but genuinely, when you've seen someone who's got a high speed rocket smashing into their face, you do start to feel differently about people being able to buy fireworks. I mean, my main issue is just the noise. <laughs> sounds horrendous. I just can't believe there's a story where Julia isn't the rocket mouth. Wow, that's, you went all the way down there for that. <laughs> and finally, to end, another breakfast yes. clip. This is uh, this time it's sports reporter Ben Fletcher, who wins the impression of the week. You're going to become our general election correspondent. Well, I, I would have, love that. We should have Jim White. You know, as it counts down to 10 o'clock, I know you've got to be careful what you say on, on polling day, but imagine him sort of outside somebody's constituency. Oh, and we'll find it. out shortly whether it's a <laughs> late deal for Boris Johnson Cheers. or has Jeremy Corbyn got a loan deal over the line he wouldn't be able to wear a yellow tie though would he because that would be the Lib Dems I don't think that was the sentence you just said hey? that's it for the Perry Awards Marvellous. there'll be more next week well done the Perrier Awards on Talk Radio Across the UK, online and on DAB, the Independent Republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. If you enjoyed that, be sure to catch the whole show 10 to 1, Monday to Friday on Talk Radio, via DAB, online or via the Talk Radio app. If you have an opinion on the stories we cover, we'd love to hear from you. Call us 0344 499 1000 or tweet at Talk Radio during the show to have your say. The Independent Republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. 